Welcome to the Flourishing Together podcast, where we consider journeys of hope and stewardship in education. Each episode, I'm joined by colleagues in the world of education to explore a different topic, where I'll be asking for their wisdom and their top tips. Thank you for journeying with us, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Flourishing Together podcast, where we reflect on shared journeys of hope and stewardship in education. I'm Ryan Parker, the RE and Christian Ethos Advisor in the Diocese of St Albans, and we're continuing our travels today into the area of spirituality across school life. Walking with me today is Mary Hawes. Mary, hello. Thank you so much for joining. You're welcome. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really, really excited about this podcast episode and um, I've had the privilege to listen to you talk a number of times, uh, both in person at conferences and also at podcasts and reading some of your works. Um, For those who may not have encountered you before, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are. Oh, gosh, where do you start? Um, Up until last year, I was the National Children and Youth Advisor for the Church of England. So that and uh, being a children's advisor in the Diocese of London has taken up a lot of my working life. But I started out as a teacher in a primary school. Um, And then I've worked in cathedrals with dioceses nationally, but I'm also ordained. So I'm a priest in the Church of England. And in my spare time, I'm chair of governors at my local church primary school. So that's kind of gives you a little bit of of my journey and where I've been. That's super, Mary. Thank you. I know you've got lots of wisdom and experience and and thoughts um, to bring to um, the episode we're going to be considering today. And what we're considering is this area of spirituality and faith and to what extent they might be the same, to what extent they might be different. And um, listeners to the podcast over this first series will know that spirituality is an area that I'm both deeply interested in and many schools are thinking about quite intentionally, uh, particularly over the last few years. We know that schools are required to contribute to the spiritual, the moral, the social and the cultural development of all pupils which I like because it recognises that pupils are spiritual, they are moral, they are social and they are cultural beings. And spiritual development is also an area that Ofsted requires that due attention is given to within school contexts. So I'd love to ask you, in your opinion, what is spirituality and why do you think it's important for schools to think carefully about? There are as many definitions of spirituality as there are people in the world. Everybody has a different take on it. And I think that almost makes it easy to kind of go, well, it doesn't really matter. It's kind of that fluffy stuff about inside. But I think there's something more than that. And uh, the reason I think that is not just because research uh, is beginning to evidence that we are innate spiritual beings, but it's also written there in our law. In the United Nations Charter on the Rights Child, Uh, There is the right to practice your religion and the the right to have a spiritual life. In the 1989 uh, Children Act, there are also details in there about the spiritual life. So I think as a school, it's important to think about spirituality so there's a shared understanding of what it means. And for me, it's that innate sense of there is something or someone bigger than me. Now, some people may name that and frame that around a particular faith or religion, 
uh, name and frame it around their relationship with nature or just the sense of it can't all be down to me. There is just something bigger in this world. And it's how we help children and young people to recognise that inner life and to develop that inner life so it becomes a strong core uh, that I think is really important. Um, over the last uh, couple of years, I've begun to think about the spiritual side of our lives almost like a skeleton. We need a skeleton in order to be able to live. You get rid of your skeleton, you've got rid of your life. There's nothing to hold you together. So for me, spirituality is that skeleton that helps to hold us together as human beings. The difference is that faith are the clothes that we put on it. So spirituality and faith, for me, are different. They may be intertwined, but they may not be. As a Christian, it's my Christian faith that I wear on my spiritual frame. If I were Muslim, it would be my Muslim faith. If I were Hindu, my Hindu faith. If I were humanist, it would be my uh, re relationship with the world that I wear on my spiritual frame. So for me, that's the, the way that I differentiate between spirituality and faith. And I think that's really important in schools because sometimes we worry that if we are thinking about spirituality, we're thinking about how do we make children Roman Catholics or Anglicans or Methodists or impose a faith on them. And I don't think it's that at all. It's about helping them to have a strong inner life in order for the clothes of their faith, should they choose to wear them, to hang well. Oh, I love that, Mary. Thank you. Um... I think that's a really rich analogy of having that kind of everybody has a skeleton and one's faith can be the clothes that an individual chooses to wear. And that sense that spirituality is something that's really innate. So I'm, I'm really struck. One of my favourite sessions to do is to go into schools and explore with staff and governors, you know, what might we mean by spirituality and spiritual development as a stepping stone to think about what would be our shared understanding as a school. And there's that deep recognition that some may initially view spirituality as one and the same, as synonymous with, say, Christian faith or Islamic faith or Jewish, but then very quickly they recognise, well, actually, spirituality is innate and it's important to recognise that and then that can feed our school understanding of spirituality. So it's one that's really radically inclusive of everybody in the school community. And I know schools, many schools are wanting to think about this and how this might shape the actual lived experience of the school community day by day, week by week. And for schools wanting to, to go on that really important enriching journey, is there anything that you would like to share from your perspective? I think, first of all, I'd, I'd like to, to go back to the work of uh, Dr. Rebecca Nye, who is probably the uh, foremost researcher into children's spirituality in this country. When she was doing her doctoral research, one of the things she did was talk with children in Nottingham primary schools, not necessarily church schools, not necessarily children of faith. When she looked back at all her transcripts, she realised that uh, whether the children came from a faith background or not, there was a spiritual thread through it. But equally, as she said to them, this is the last of our conversations that we're going to have. My research here is, is coming to an end. Almost without exception, they said to her, 
So who do we talk to about these things now? They all thought this was something to grow out of. None of them realised that other children had a spiritual life, that adults had a spiritual life. So I think one of the things we need to do to recognise in schools is that this is sometimes uncomfortable for people to talk about because it's something that isn't in the everyday parlance. We don't always talk about our inner spiritual beings. Perhaps as a priest, the times that I've heard people talk more about it is when they just had their first child and there's this sense of oh wow <laughs> we have created this human being and it, it's it's bringing to light all these new thoughts and expectations and sense that, that this is bigger than us so i think we need to, to recognize first of all that it's it's not that easy to talk about but secondly i think we need to recognize that children are very excited and willing to talk about their spiritual lives they're, they're delighted when somebody asks them to to stop and to think so part of i would suggest uh exploring uh the spiritual side of children's lives is to be able to stop and think and to wonder together not to see this as a box ticking exercise so that when Ofsted comes along I can tick the box that says we have got the creative and the delightful and the exploring and the asking questions boxes because we did it back in the autumn time in week four we had a lesson it's not that it's about creating an atmosphere in the school that allows different places both inside and outside where you can stop and pause and wonder maybe it may be a question board that has a big question of the week. It may be a part work. It may be within collective worship. So I think often we, we I say often, in my experience, uh, collective worship can sometimes be the how do I teach a good moral lesson from this Bible story? And as far as I can tell, there are three moral lessons that all Bible stories teach. The first is obey your parents and teachers. The second is keep your bedroom tidy. And the third is don't drop any litter. Now, I don't think those are probably the reasons that we have the Bible stories. So there's something about uh, at the end of collective worship, not saying, and so what we have learnt is. But I wonder what you heard. I wonder how that makes a difference to how you'll be during the rest of the day. I wonder if there was something new you heard that maybe we could explore later and then offering a little bit of time, reflection, maybe even prayer, but maybe uh, projecting an image or playing some music or lighting a candle that slows us down. We live a very full and active life in every stage of life these days. The slowing down gives us the chance to hear that inner voice, however we might name it, that I think is part of our spiritual core. But too often, the, the way the system works with schools is you feel you have, to, you have to fill every moment because there is so much to cram in. So this isn't about saying, how do we cram in yet another thing, but how do we just make thinking about our inner beings part of the school day of as natural as breathing? So it's not about another lesson, it's about taking a deep breath and even for five seconds stopping and saying, I wonder how that makes a difference to you inside. Brilliant. There's so much that I noted down as you were saying that, Mary, and I'm in, in total strong agreement that time to pause, that time to reflect, that time to wonder. 
And one of Rebecca Nye, who you mentioned, one of her big or basic thrusts is that spirituality is all about relationships, uh, for many relationships to God, um, but broader in terms of relationship to the world, to others and to self. And the two big powerhouses in my mind of spiritual development are collective worship, of course, but also curriculum. And, you know, in curriculum, constantly we're bringing pupils into relationship with new ideas and new contents and new knowledge. And for me, the question is, what do we want that relationship to be? Do we want it to be one where we're assuming to take a, you know, a far end of a spectrum that pupils are empty vessels to be filled with knowledge and it's all about cramming in and getting through as much content as we can because there is so much that we require to cover in primary and secondary education fully granted but do we want there to be pupils when they're learning about new things to think well how do I relate to this how does this change me how does this inspire me how does this make me think differently and to say if we're looking in geography about the science of climate change, for instance, or the impact of climate change, of course we can learn about that and the science of that and the impact of that. But could we be competent and courageous as teachers just to then offer that space of, so what do you think? How does this impact how we should live, you know, individually or as a community? And there, that time for reflection. Um, not only provides a contribution in my mind to people's spirituality, but also helps us think about what do we think the purpose of education is? You know, I think mm -hmm. spirituality is so key to what education is all about because it's helping pupils to think about who am I and what kind of world do I want to be? Um, do I want to be a part of? What do I want to help shape? And of course, knowledge is then important, but it's a reflection on, mm -hmm. well, so what does this mean to me? Um, Harder in an algebra lesson, perhaps not appropriate in an algebra lesson, but are those those parts which are well calibrated within the curriculum for that reflection and that response. Um, so thanks, Mary. There, there's so much I think it's well worth us reflecting can I just, on there. Please, yeah. Can I just came on, come in on that? Because I, I agree with you. It's all very well trying to cram lots of knowledge in. It's knowing what we do with that knowledge that makes us wise people who contribute to the whole of the world. And I particularly found Liz Mills's work really helpful in this. Liz Mills did some research um, into how we give children and teachers a language that allows for the spiritual to be in every part of the curriculum. And what she does is use the analogy of windows, doors, mirrors. And she talks about windows as being something that you look through. So if I look through my window now, I can see the raindrops that are on the outside. I can see that the wind has dropped. I can see what the weather's like. It gives me a perspective onto the world. I have a door just to my right. If I go through that door, then I go into the rest flat. I get into a new experience, a different place than where I am at the moment. And if I go and look in the mirror, I see myself. I see what needs to change. She talks about and we use those words to help reflect on, for instance, as you mentioned, climate change. Is there a window? Does that offer us a perspective onto the world that perhaps change? Or does it offer us a door to go through so that we could make a difference? We can actually to be active in it. Or does it reflect back to us that we need to do something different? 
about my actions. And I think you probably could use that with algebra. I'm always amazed at, uh, and I'm not a mathematician at all, but I'm always amazed at people who talk about maths as if it's the most exciting and undiscoverable thing in the world. Yes, there are right answers, but there are so many unknowns and unseens. So I think those three ways of stopping, maybe even for, for the last minute of a lesson, to say, is, was there a window or a door or a mirror for you today that says what we've learned, how does that make you different? How does that offer you a new way to, to perceive them? How does that offer you a way of changing so that you are better able to, to flourish in the world? That's fab. That's really fab. And certainly I know a number of schools use windows, mirrors, doors as a really meaningful, purposeful, but also a manageable way to help them think about how could we apply in a way that also pupils understand um, our shared understanding of spirituality uh, across curriculum and, and indeed collective worship. Some like to map yeah. the framework of GERS, gather, engage, respond, send, where engages. Yeah. That window, it provides, you know, that frame provides a focus and to think about something different outside. The window is that reflection and the sending is is the door. You know, we're leaving our acts of collective worship now, but what are you going to take with you? Um, into the playgrounds, into your home lives, etc. So one of the things I think that, that windows, doors, mirrors offers is a way of honouring the integrity both of pupils and staff. It doesn't assume that there is a religious faith sitting on the spiritual skeleton. And so it's strengthening that spiritual skeleton, whether a child is wearing the clothes of the Christian faith, of the Jewish faith, the Islamic faith. It offers a way of strengthening rather than saying these are the clothes you must wear. We learn about those clothes perhaps in RE, but it's not imposing anything. So I think it allows an integrity for staff who may feel uncomfortable because they don't have a belief, but they can still help strengthen that inner core, as it were, that skeletal spiritual frame. And that comes to the power of the I wonder question. Never underestimate it. Doesn't matter if you're yeah. four, 14, 44, uh, mm. Christian, Jewish, Hindu, Sikhi, atheist, humanist, right. whatever, you can wonder from who you are, where you are, when you are. Um, thanks, Mary. One more question I'd love to ask you, and I ask this to um, all contributors to the podcast. Are there any other, or is there any other advice or wisdom or signposts that you would like to share with colleagues um, in this particular area of spirituality? in and across school life? Oh my goodness, you're going to have to cut me on what I would love to offer um, because I could go on forever. Um, let me offer a couple of things that I'm beginning to think about, particularly in a school's context. Um, for many people, they find that a kind of a, a, an examine at the end of the day, a way of just looking back at their day is really helpful. And there is a, a website called Faith5, that's faithnumeric5.org, which offers a way of doing this. And it's basically a five-fold thing. So it says it's share, read, talk, pray, bless. Now, I wonder whether in a school setting we can begin to connect together collective worship, which is quite often something that happens and has no connection to the rest of life. It may be uh, highlighting a value of the school for that particular week, but quite often there is no reference to the story or the, the narrative or the theme that's been there. 
So how about at the end of the day, there is maybe just three or four minutes with each child having a reflection journal. Journaling is something that's quite popular to do, something that doesn't get marked, something that doesn't get in. And at the end of the day, just sharing in pairs, maybe, what have been the good things about today in school? What have been the not so good things? Just looking back over the whole days, thinking what was good, what wasn't. Secondly, offering a few moments to either recap what was uh, heard in collective worship or reread the story or just recall it. Say, this is what we heard at the start of the day. And then ask, did it make any difference? Did hearing that or thinking about that value or listening to that story make any difference to how you were during the day? And then offering the children just two or three moments to either draw or write or scribble in their journals, their reflections on the day. And then if it's a school that is used to praying together, a moment's prayer, maybe the Lord's Prayer to gather it together, or just a moment of quiet reflection. And then a way of just saying, let's go out, let's think about all that's happened today, go out home and look ready to coming back tomorrow, Monday, whenever. So there's a way of stopping and reflecting on the day. Um, so that's one thing that um, I, I'd offer, which again allows us to look the, the the barrier, of course, is. But at the end of the day, we are rushing to make sure we've got everything and everything and everything. Well, actually, maybe the end the day would end if we just stopped and just were. Just thought about what's happened during the day, breathed between the space of school and going out. Um, the other, there are a couple of other things that I'd uh, perhaps like to point people to, uh, which offer other possibilities. Um, the National Institute for Christian Education Research has done a huge project around primary schools and collaboration between church, school and home to help enhance children's spiritual lives. And they've got a number of animations that talk about children's spiritual lives. And what in their research, which was talking with children, parents, governors, uh, anybody in the school, anybody connected with the school community, was that quite often it's parents who are anxious about children coming home and saying, we heard this at school today, I wonder what happens when we die? They go, I have no idea, I can't answer that question. But there are animations and resources that help open that up. So maybe an evening with parents, just as we might do to introduce a new uh, phonics curriculum or geography curriculum that says, Here's how you can partner with your child. You don't need to know everything. You, know, you need to know how to hold conversations. Let your child be the one who goes down that line. And there's lots of stuff. There's uh, something, there's a collective worship animation to introduce this to the whole school. There are resources for teachers. There's a lot of inset that could be done around spiritual things. And in secondary schools, um, NISA also did a research project uh, called Lessons in, uh, sorry, yes it is, it's called Lessons in Spiritual Development that looks at 10 secondary schools and picks out different ways that they have helped to strengthen that spiritual frame in those years when people are questioning, particularly questioning what's going on in the world. Is it worth living? What, what difference do I make? Where do I belong? offering ways of helping them to get an inner strength that becomes in many ways a protective factor it doesn't it doesn't shield you from the hardship of the world but it helps you 
to have a different way of expressing it or looking at it. So those are a few things that, that I, I would just suggest. Um, and that's also just spending time on our own as well, just thinking about what's my, what, what about my inner life? Do, how comfortable am I thinking about my inner life? Or is that something I prefer not to look at? Um, because when we know, when we're, when we're more comfortable with ourselves, then we can be more comfortable with the children and listening to what they have to say, knowing that there probably aren't, which is frustrating for teachers, right answers in this area of spirituality. And if I can share one more thing, is that okay? Um, there is a place in uh, Suffolk called Ringsfield Hall. It's an eco-centre uh, for schools to go to. It's, it's beautiful. I used to take groups of children there many, many years ago, but it's now become an eco-centre. And one of the, the uh, staff there tells this story. Um, when children arrive, they may have no, no connection with the outside world at all. So every child is invited to go into the grounds and find their magic spot, a place where they go to sit, to be by themselves. That's just for 30 seconds to start with. And during the week that they're there, they build that time up. And it's a place where they go to stop and think. One child, towards the end of the week, uh, went and sat on his magic spot and he drew a picture. And it was a picture of an incredibly tall tree. And then just a little picture, stick picture of himself by the bottom of the tree. And the staff who was at Ringsfield Hall came along and was looking at this picture. I remember the, the school team came along, picked up the picture and said, oh, Charlie, you better do that again. It's all out of perspective and moved straight on. The child looked up at the Ringsfield Hall member and said, but I felt so small. I think one of the things we can offer children is they have drawn or written or said, but space to stop and wonder whether there's something behind that, that they are trying to communicate, even though they may not be able to articulate it. So not jumping in with, you've done that wrong, but stopping and asking, tell me about it. What were you thinking? That might be one of the almost easiest ways to strengthen that spiritual frame in any point of the curriculum or at any point of the school day, whether eating or out in the playground or just as they're coming in, stopping and listening to what's not necessarily being said but it's what is very definitely being spoken. Amazing. Um, thank you so much, Mary, um, for sharing your reflections and helping us to think more intentionally and wisely about the why, the what and the how of spirituality in schools. Um, I found it really, really useful and no doubt those listening will have done so too. So thank you so much for your time. It's been so lovely to chat with it's you and, uh, and all the best in your future endeavours. Thank you so much. It's been a real privilege to be here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Flourishing Together podcast. To receive updates on future conversations and access previous ones, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you for journeying with us, and I hope you can join us again next time.